0: Thank you for joining me again as we continue our study in the book of Revelation, looking at the different uh, churches that the Lord spoke to. He wrote a letter to, as we see in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. Now, we get to the last church, the seventh church, the church of Laodicea, found in Revelation chapter 3. Uh, verse 14 down through verse 22. Now, before we go into what the Lord wrote to the church, we need to look at the church and the different, excuse me, we need to look at the city and see different aspects of that city that will help us to gain a better understanding of why the Lord wrote wrote, what he wrote to the church at Laodicea. Now, there's an old saying in real estate that goes like this, location, location, location. That location is so important for success and for many other different things. The, the city of Laodicea, its location was perfect for its continual future and its prosperity. It was in, uh, the, the, It was located where there were three major trade routes, one from the seacoast one from the northwest and one from the northeast and it connected these different cities to the city of laodicea so these three major trade routes made laodicea uh, the city of laodicea a very rich commercial city at its time it was key to its uh, to the to the uh, livelihood of the city to the wealth of the city. The city was wealthy. Uh, it was wealthy, it had many different products that it uh, carried throughout the world that from, from the city that goes out. Matter of fact, uh, the only thing that the city had that was a weakness was its location was prone to earthquakes and that its water supply was six to seven miles away. And the water supply had to run underground uh, in order to feed the city, and by the time the city was uh, received us water, the water was lukewarm. It wasn't fresh water. It wasn't it had that cool out of a spring. And what made it such a vulnerable city was the fact that the water once the water was cut off, uh, the city could be uh, conquered. In AD 17, there was a large earthquake that destroyed three major cities, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. The Roman government came in and helped to rebuild those cities. But in AD 60, another major earthquake destroyed this city. But the city was so rich that it refused the help of the Roman government and it uh, rebuilt the city itself. Matter of fact, uh, Tacitus, the Roman historian says, Laodicea rose from the ruins by the strength of her own resources and with no help from us. And so the the city had the attitude is we can do it ourselves. We're rich enough. We'll take care of ourselves. We don't need anybody else to take care of us. Now, in the products in this city, it was a clothing industry uh, that, that went out and different garments were shipped around the world. Also, it had a medical supply uh, and one of its major products was a salve for the eyes, to ease the eyes that went out uh, to major cities around the world. That, In other words, it went out as commerce. Now, when we look at the city and we look at uh, the political aspect of the city, we see that there was a large population of Jews in the city. There was a large population of other uh, different cultures in the city. And so because the city was so rich and and they said you could go to Laodicea and you could make a living, you could make a great living, prosperous, but you could be whoever you wanted to be. In other words, you could go into the city. uh, The city was called the city of compromise. Do whatever you want to do, be whatever you want to be, but you're going to be successful. So they just kind of overlooked different cultures and religions and, They became the city of compromise. Now, what does that have to do with the church? Well, when you read what Christ wrote to the church, I think you'll see the attitude of the city and the attitude of the church was the same. Go to Revelation chapter 3 and verse 14. Unto the church of the angel of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, so the Lord is explaining, uh, giving his names about him. He is the beginning. In other words, he is the creator. He is the one who creates. He is the, he is the one who created the heavens and the earth. Matter of fact, it says in uh, John chapter 1 in verse 1 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God all things were made by him but without him was not anything made that was made we see also that over in colossians how that the that the lord created all things and so we know that the word is the lord jesus christ because later in john it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us so christ is the creator now what did he say was right with the city of leah i mean excuse me not the I'm getting tongue-tied. Bear with me. What did he say was right with the church at Laodicea? Notice this. Look at verse 15. I know thy works. Now notice this. The Lord knows what the church at Laodicea was doing. The Lord knows. He says, Thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. In other words, they were not on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. They were not cold. They were just compromised. They were middle ground. Uh, Their spiritual life did not affect their life at all. They were lukewarm Christians. And Because of that, the Lord says, I want to spew you out of my mouth. In other words, you're doing nothing for the Lord. You've compromised yourself. Uh, You've gone to the point that all you are is just lukewarm. But notice, the Lord says they were lukewarm, but notice the standpoint of the church. The Lord saw them as they were nothing more than lukewarm, compromising Christians. But look at the attitude of the church. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with good, have need of nothing, knowest not that thou are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Notice that. He said about them, you say you're rich, that you, you've got all the things that you need, that you don't need nothing. In other words, that we are the best church, that we have everything. We're rich. We've got it. All under control. That's the church when the the church at Laodicea looked at itself and said, Look how well off we are as a church. We don't need anything, we've got it made. It's a church of compromise. It's a church that looks at itself and says, I don't need anything. And yet the Lord says, You don't realize that you're wretched. Miserable, poor, blind, and naked. In other words, you don't see your spiritual condition. You don't see how lacking you are as a church. I remember back in the 1980s, 1990s, how that people were talking about the Laodicean church, the church of compromise, that it was a church that has left the Word of God we didn't think it could get much worse than what it was then. But we see the church today. The church today, the church of Laodicea, is a church that has compromised with the world so much that it has accepted the standards of the world and it has brought in sin and depravity within the church and, and is celebrating it. I want you to understand that sin... 2,000 years ago or 1,000 years ago or 6,000 years ago is still sin today. And what are we doing? We have so compromised, the Relay Out of Sin Church is so compromised that they are taking that which is unholy, that which is wicked, and that which is sinful and are promoting it as the right way to live within the church today. We are definitely living in the days of the last days. We're living in the days of the church of Laodicea, the church of compromise, because we see how many churches have compromised their faith, how many churches have compromised and thrown out the Word of God and brought in the world. They don't realize that they are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Notice what the Lord says. He gives them a chance to repent. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear. Anoint thine eyes with eyes, that thou mayest see. In other words, I'm asking the Lord saying, I'm asking you to repent of your sins, to turn back so that you can see your spiritual condition, that your eyes might be open to see the wickedness, and that you will repent of it, confess it, or turn from it, so that you might start walking with the Lord again. You are spiritually blind, yet you do not see it. How sad for the church of Laodicea to think, that everything was going great, and yet to realize that it had compromised itself, it had become self-centered, materialistic, and it was spiritually bankrupt. Wretched and miserable means they were spiritual beggars. They didn't even realize the state they was in. Poor mean they had nothing. Blind mean they did not understand their spiritual condition. Naked means that they were spiritually naked. The Lord clothes us in His righteousness, yet they were spiritually naked. And He says, "I'm asking you to repent, to turn back." Psalms 139 and verse 23: "Search me, O God, and know my heart; try me and know my thoughts." And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me into the way everlasting. The church at Laodicea was called to repent of their sins and turn back to the Lord. Repentance is part of the Christian life that we repent, that we turn away. Notice verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Get back on fire for the Lord. Confess your sins. Turn from your sins. And walk with the Lord again. But notice verse 15. It says, I know your works. You're not cold or hot. Verse 19, repent. Repent. But if they don't repent, guess what's going to happen? They're going to miss the blessings of the Lord. The Lord's going to come and He's going to remove them. We need to see that. Notice what He says in all of this. Go back to our Scripture and, and, and see what He said. He says in verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. be zealous, therefore, and repent. Notice, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, open the door. I will come in and will sup with him and he with me. I'll have fellowship with him. The Lord's knocking at the door of the heart of the church to come back in, to restore it, the individual's heart. We've got to open the door to let him back in. Notice, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and sat down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. In other words, he says, open your ear, you've been, open your ears, you've been dull of listening, dull of hearing. Just because the church has material prosperity, big building, and all of this other stuff does not mean that it is spiritually rich. Does not mean that it's right. A church that is right. It's a church that is on its knees, that has repented of its sin, that's confessed its sin, and is walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to get back on our knees and ask God to forgive us of our sins. We need to get back on our knees and ask God to open our eyes to see if there's anything in our life that is not right. Right to open our eyes to see it so that we can repent of it and turn from it. We need to open the door of our heart and let Christ come in. So let me ask you this. You can look at these seven churches, and you can say these represent seven different churches, but you can also look at them and say, you know, it could represent me as an individual Christian. Do I think I've got everything together and all of a sudden don't realize that I'm, Wretched and miserable, poor, blind and naked? Or am I doing what God what, what God has called me to? Do? Am I living right in, where God will commend me for what I have done? Has God put an open door before me so that I might share Christ with others? We need to read chapter two and chapter three again. We need to see what the Lord is saying and say, is there something I need to repent of? Is something I need to turn from? something I need to confess? Have I left my first love? Has my love for the Lord grown cold that I need to rekindle that love for the Lord? Have I compromised? We need to examine our lives and see if there is something in our life that's not becoming of a child of God. And we need to get right with God. One day we're going to stand before him and give an account. One day he's coming back, and we need to be ready. My prayer is that when we stand before the Lord, that he looks at us and says, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Well done. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I'll see you in a few days as we go to Revelation chapter 4.